0: Hello and welcome to the Nerdy Apologist Podcast. So you've been searching for a long time to find a podcast that combines all things nerd with Christian theology and apologetics, right? Well, we have good news for you because your searching can finally come to an end. I'm your host, Michael Badger, and I am joined by Katie Wilson and Dr. Ethan Hundley to bring you our thoughts on topics ranging from our favorite Star Wars movies to apologetic arguments for the Christian faith. If you enjoy our conversation, feel free to share us with your friends and click that subscribe button so that you can stay up to date with all our future content. Alright, welcome again to the Nerdy Apologist Podcast. This is actually take two, and I just peaked the mic pretty hardcore right there. That's good. So, take care of that in post. But uh, (laughs) I am your host, Michael Badger, and this is the only podcast that you get to hear Dr. Ethan Hunley uh, give a uh, dirge for the loss of Katie Wilson. Remind me what a dirge is? I think it's like a funeral song. Like a, I think. Oh, I I I could be wrong. Okay. But get but a funeral dirge, please. I have a voice for it, I guess. Okay. Um,
1: Okay, here we go.
0: I want it to sound kind of like uh, like like monks, like when they are like.
1: like that kind of stuff
0: yeah or like monty python the holy grail where they do the and then they hit themselves oh, yeah. in the head but the... yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. something along along those lines okay
1: here we go <clears throat> katie son we miss you
0: perfect <laughs> that was awesome Cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, as you may have noticed, Katie Wilson is not with us. Missing. Um, M-I-A. She, M-I-A. Uh, she is actually taking a little bit of a hiatus from the, the I almost said the Truth For Doubt podcast. Oh, uh, no. The Nerdy Apologist podcast. Um uh, she just we all have all of these life things going on right now with yeah. uh, you know we got babies coming babies from everywhere uh, and uh, life happening. Life changes. Uh, she and her husband just moved into a new house in preparation to make another move uh, later this year to Vermont and all these different <laughs> kinds of things. Um, uh, so she is uh, gonna take a little bit of a break so that she can spend more time with family and all that good stuff. And uh, so, Katie, you will be missed. You
1: will be missed.
0: And that dirge is just for you. So feel free to uh, take that um, little snippet of a song and make it your new ringtone. Because it comes from not only Ethan's heart, but mine. That's right. Katie Wilson, we
1: miss you.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Uh, It's kind of amazing that like my... Hitting yourself in the face with a wooden thing is kind of like very similar to my whip. Oh,
1: yeah. It is very
0: similar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at sound effects. (laughs) Apparently, I only got one. Uh, All right. So, uh, if you never listened to the podcast before, we are a Christian apologetic slash nerd slash um, friendship uh, slash... um,
1: where are you going next? With this? I, I'm not really sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think uh, I think I'll just stop it there. So we yeah. we're a podcast that covers things uh, ranging from super nerdy stuff like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or uh, crazy uh, geeky nerdy shows and Potter, all that kind of stuff. Potter, Harry Ninja Potter. Turtles, yeah, yeah. Know. Anything pop culture and nerdy. Yeah, we're there. Uh, But then we also talk about Christian apologetics, because what doesn't go hand in hand like nerd stuff and Christian apologetics? Mm, Lots of things. (laughs) Lots of things. (laughs) The peanut butter and jelly of our time, as they call it. Uh, But uh, so anyway, uh, we are going to kick off this podcast with talking about something that like I'm pretty excited about, honestly. Me and you both. And it is the... uh, I'm actually going to quote from... Uh, The Verge.com. I don't really know much about this website, so I only know about this article. So if it's a bad website, don't go to Verge.com, I guess. Uh, Unless you're
1: going to read this article, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But anyway, so they say that Disney has announced... I have to keep moving my head because we're only able to use one mic right now. (laughs) uh, A new publishing initiative for Star Wars called... The High Republic.
1: High Republic.
0: Yeah. So first, first impressions from the name. Do you like that name? I like it. I, I yeah. think
1: it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. It reminds me of the Knights of the Old Republic. Uh huh. Um, which I never played any of those games, mm-hmm. but I've heard really good things about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Uh, I can't help but wonder, sort of in the timeline,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, where this falls in relation to that.
0: Well, I can actually have the answer for you. All right. Tell me. So, I think the Old Republic takes place, like, thousands of years in the past. Okay. And the High Republic takes place only 200 years in the past from the Phantom Menace. Right. Uh, So... Uh, it's before Obi Wan Kenobi. It's before Qui Gon Jinn. It's before two uh, little Tike, Annie, yeah, yeah, all those guys. Um, and it takes place during this like golden era of the Jedi yeah. when they're like at the top of their game. Like nothing can bring them down. Yeah, all of these all like cool stuff going on. Aren't
1: they like like they're uh, in, in the video that I watch? It kind of described the Jedi during this time as like sort of like. Um, Sort of like uh, if you play D&D, like, almost like the ranger where, like, they go... They're, like, a yeah. Texas ranger, like, where, yeah. like, they kind of go out, and they're, like, the protectors right, of yeah. everything. Yeah, like, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. and, like, I've heard it... I've heard them, like, not mentioned, but, like, described as, like, knights of the round table. And, yeah. like, they're, they, like you said, they go out, and, like, they're the protectors of, like, the order of the galaxy, and all that is good, and all, yeah. that, good and right. all that kind of stuff. And, it, and I think they're going for, like, almost this, like, nightly... Aspect and because they're Jedi Knights, right? Mm. And so they're kind of leaning into maybe that more like uh medieval, uh, like I guess Western Knightness of yeah. it, I guess, kind of almost like that fantasy aspect, yeah. Of more things.
1: lightsabers with hilts on them, yeah.
0: Isn't that weird? Like, did you see that? Like, you're <laughs> no, I was like, making a joke, no, really no. <laughs> so we have a picture right here.
1: Oh my goodness, look. I really was making that guy
0: with the green lightsaber. Has you're right, he's got a hilt, and that was one of the things that in it wasn't in this article. I was reading another article that like that's like a thing that they're like they're doing, they're really leaning into that nightness. Interesting to the point where they look more like they're trying to make some of them, not all of them, of course, but some of them have like those hilts. Not like it's not a Kylo Ren hilt, yeah, uh, or cross guard. I mean, right, Um, it's just like like a metal cross guard. Um, that I imagine doesn't really serve that much of a function because yeah. you know other lightsabers yeah, exactly. could probably cut through it. Right. Anyway,
1: as long as they do a better job than uh, what was the uh, didn't Transformers do a, a a knight kind of a kind of a theme? Oh like, yeah. Movie. Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it. It was
1: like dinosaurs. And yeah. Knight. I don't know. It was weird.
0: I haven't seen a Transformer movie since. Uh Since the Shia
1: LaBeouf original one?
0: Man, no. I've watched I've watched one after that. Dark Side of the Moon, maybe? Is that what it's called? Oh. The one with Mark Wahlberg, whichever one has Mark Wahlberg in no, it. That's, that's the like one several I watched. of
1: them at this point. Oh. He's in like the first one
0: with the first one with Mark oh, Wahlberg. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but anyway. Uh so it's going to be this series of comic books, young adult novels and uh, and just, just normal novels what do you call those adult novels but that sounds novels. risque yeah. so just like just novels yeah. yeah
1: I'm curious like how I mean I guess it's going to be this big extended universe if it's going to cover if they're going to do Like, young adult books, novels, and then comic books. Right. I guess to cover for all ages. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, is it, like, the same story in all of these? Or are these, like, all different stories in the same universe? You know, like, I'm just curious what this is actually going to look like.
0: It's all interconnected, so I know that. And then I think that, uh, so from what I understand is that it's going to start off, like, I don't know which which one is going to start off, if it's going to be the comic or whatever, Mm. but it's going to start off with a core group of Jedi that then kind of grow and expand, and then I think maybe break off and go on their own adventures or mm. something like that.
1: Because I would be interested to actually start reading some of these, because mm-hmm. that's like my hesitation with like even growing up, mm-hmm. I saw like other kids reading Star Wars books and stuff. Yeah. But I felt like every, like there were about 400 different series. Yeah. They were yeah. all about different people that like I, I knew nothing about. Right. And like, and I, and I didn't understand how at all,
0: Fit together fit together, right. yeah.
1: But having a fresh start like this, I feel like I'm, I'm it's much like more easy jumping
0: in point, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Because, like, I think some of the what do they call it now, like the Star Wars Legends, I think is the name of it now, um, because it was like the extended universe all like the other novels and stuff was mm-hmm. considered extended universe which was canon but now they're just called star wars legends and correct me if i'm wrong but star wars legends and it's not canon anymore but I, I had i remember thinking the exact same thing i was like yeah it'd be really cool to like jump in but you had like books about luke books about leia books about uh han solo and not only that but then you had books about uh luke's like son and then like like grandson and like all these different kinds of things. And I'm just like, I don't even know where in the world to begin. It
1: takes me like three months to get through one book. And I'm like, right. I don't have the time to go through all of this.
0: Like, I feel like you would have to have one of those conspiracy theory walls with all the red strings connecting all the, like the different characters (laughs) and like storylines and all that kind of stuff. I finally understand. Yeah. It's right here the whole time. (laughs) Uh, But so yeah, with this, it's kind of exciting because it's like this new jump in point. um, And, uh, Like it's, it's kind of cool that it's not like going to be crossed over with any of the media or anything like that in regards of like, um, so it's, it's definitely just like print. It's not, uh, it's not going to be like a new TV show or tied in with like any actual like video stuff that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I mean, I'm sure if it's, if it's successful enough.
0: They'll make something eventually. Eventually, I'm
1: sure they'll make some type of media out of it.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm. Um, Well, and then they also have the, uh, I guess, the antagonist of this new, like, storyline. And they're called the, the Nile. And they're basically described as, like, these space Vikings that come in and are, like, wreaking havoc and, like, taking over worlds and all that kind of stuff. And so they're the main, like... Uh, antagonist to like I think it's going to be pretty much all the stories yeah. and like them fighting against this the Nile that come mm-hmm. in and uh, are I don't really know like their goal or anything like that so yeah. that, that'll probably be said in like yeah. the books
1: and everything I'm not really sure how I feel about that yeah. because sort of in my mind I always imagined to like the Jedi and the Sith are like on this other level right you know yeah, and like other people bounty hunters and stuff yeah sure like Boba Fett is cool, or Django Fett is cool. Yeah, but like when he fought uh, Obi Wan, Obi Wan, yeah. like I mean, he put up a good fight, but like ah, you're fighting a Jedi, and then Mace okay.
0: Windu like, later on just like killed him in like two seconds, right? Yeah, like and I uh,
1: like so when I when I hear about like they build up like oh these Jedi Knights, they're mm-hmm. awesome, and then and then I'm like okay, there's like this group of marauders yeah you know, I, I don't right. know it just sounds just a little space it sounds a really little like... lessened to me yeah um yeah but i don't know it might be really cool
0: i'm sure that there's some <laughs> sithiness at like work behind sure. it there has to there be. has to be yeah i mean that's because yeah. like you can't make the main bad because i had the kind of the same thought but then like but then i looked at the concept art of some of it uh-huh. and they have all these like like all of them almost i think all the nile like have these, like, mechanical, like, big, like, helmets. Interesting. So I was like, I don't, like, are they, like, part machine? Or, like, they're being controlled by, like, other machines? Or, like, are they being controlled yeah. by, like, Sith? I don't know what's it going could be on. Anything. But, yeah. So I, like, there has to be, like, something bigger behind these Space Vikings. They're yeah. just saying right now that it's, like, the Space Vikings as the main bad guys. Yeah.
1: Well, I thought it was neat how in the little, like, trailer that they talked about, um, or that they showed, um, they talked about... Bringing in like old Star Wars fans and younger Star Wars fans and like mm-hmm. people who had like all differing sort of ideas about Star Wars, yeah, and like right. trying to come up with like new fresh ideas mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It sounded like a like a neat a neat idea, you know.
0: I think so too. And I'm trying to like, I'm I don't know about you, but like, is it hard for you at the moment to like stay excited about Star Wars stuff?
1: Um. Yes and no. I mean, yeah. I'm still excited. Like, even if they were like, hey, we're making another movie, mm-hmm. like, I'd, I mean, I'd be there to see it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, well, me too. You know, yeah. I mean, it, I'm, um, yeah, I'm still excited. Yeah. I, even with everything about the newest trilogy, you know. Right. Um, I, uh, there's just so many other neat places that they can go with it because right. yeah, it is a whole universe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know. I, I I feel like I'm more excited about that than I am like Marvel. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that's I a mean, whole another
0: conversation. Yeah. Right. I, like I almost don't care about Marvel movies I mean, anymore. They like,
1: really it really peaked with Endgame and yeah. like how in the world could you ever build up to anything like that again? Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It. it I mean.
0: whew. I watched the new Spider-Man movie. Um, not Homecoming, but. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but the one with Mysterio. Yeah. Um, and like I I enjoyed it and I liked it, but like I, I didn't have any sort of compulsion to watch any more after that or like see how Spider-Man will eventually interweave with like the other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I just like just don't really care, man. And like yeah. like the new like Thor movie coming out that's gonna be there soon and like um like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel bad. I just don't really Want to see them, honestly. Yeah. I probably will, but.
1: Right. Well, and it's, it's, it really is like a, uh, you know, I mean, it's like them starting over from Mm. scratch, you Mm -hmm. know, like starting with Iron Man 1. Yeah. Right. Because even back then, like, none of the movies related. Yeah. But then they drop a little nugget here or there that it all kind of did relate. Right. And it took, I don't know how, what, 10 years or something before it all, you know, and I'm just like. Yeah, I'm like you. I I just have less motivation,
0: right? Yeah, I don't know,
1: but I don't feel quite as much like that with the Star Wars thing, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm kind of there with you too. Like, I feel like if they were wanting to continue with the Skywalker trilogy, then I would be a little bit more kind of bummed out because I'm just like, I feel like that's just that's tapped out at this point. Mm -hmm. Like that's a dry well. Yeah. Um, but now that they're going back in time and it's allowing people and, and and there's like enough of a time buffer to where it doesn't overlap at all. Right. With the Skywalker saga That's brand new characters like that. That does. That is kind of exciting to yeah. see what they may do with it. Yeah.
1: One, well, 200 years is far enough back that mm-hmm. like you really could like, if you wanted to kind of loosely tie it to some of the right. prequel stuff, yeah. you know, you could, you know, make some loose connections. Of, like, like throwing
0: like, a young Yoda or something at yeah, some point.
1: That or, or even like, you know, this is you know you can make a connection of like oh this is someone's grandfather or grandfather or great oh, you know what yeah, I mean like right. I mean right. you could you could do something kind of like that um, mm-hmm. and so it it kind of gives them you know they could tie it if they wanted to right um, and that would be interesting
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but uh, yeah I don't know even with like even with like the movies and stuff um, like I'm not surprised if they're going back and like starting with like print. Mm. because I just, like, even with the Star Wars, it's kind of the same way. Like, when it comes to the movies mm-hmm. and, and even, like, a cartoon or, or any type of media, like, there's nowhere else to go. Right. Like, they have, whatever they do next, they have to start completely start fresh. fresh yeah? yeah. So Disney's at this weird, you know, because doesn't Disney own Marvel, too? Yeah. Yeah, like, Disney's at this weird, like, time. Yeah, they have
0: to, like, kind of, like... Ref, not maybe not rebrand but like yeah refresh I mean, all of their you have to main create lightning in a bottle
1: again you know for both right. of those for both of those um, brands you yeah know, I don't know it's gonna be a real challenge I think
0: I think so too and I uh, part of me at first was kind of like uh, bummed <laughs> out that they weren't going forward in time with this, yeah. But at the same time, it also makes sense because if they are wanting to do more TV shows, or or obviously they're probably going to want to do another trilogy at some point, mm. um, they would run the risk of like painting themselves in a corner if they went forward in time with like this new book series or whatever, because right. like whatever they did, whatever story that they did would either have to take place after that. Or it would have to somehow interweave and connect to make sense within uh, the the world that the novels created, mm-hmm. um, and so it makes sense that they went back in time and not forward in time. It's a little bummed out that they didn't go forward, but like I totally understand it. Yeah. Um, my okay, so and because I'm a fuddy duddy, like my only like worry is that I mean, I don't know. We 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 kind of all know that Disney now has this like. Um, intersectional social justice, like bent to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and you know, that's whatever. You can still enjoy the movies and just kind of like see those things that they stick in there just to be like, hey, LGBT, we, we hear you, we see you, all that kind of stuff. right? Um, and just kind of just like, you know, okay, whatever. That's, you know, expected that. Mm-hmm. But I just, I wonder how much of that they're going to like infuse in these novels as well. Yeah, And know. so that's the only thing that I'm just like, it makes me hesitant with anything Star Wars now. It's just like, mm. how much leftist ideology are you going to just kind of like smuggle in here? Yeah. And, uh, but other than that, like, I'm still pretty excited.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm wondering too, like, how does, how does a whole team of people write a novel? Like.
0: Or like come up with like stories and stuff? Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and, and it be like, like consistent. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just feel tough. like the more like classic way is like, like one person you Mm -hmm. know like jk rowling that Mm -hmm. writes all the harry potter you know like right um i just wonder i don't know it's just i don't know that's a
0: crazy amount of communication because they can't do anything that like um that is uh what's the word uh contradicting any of the other stuff in the other things and like because you have all these like there's i can't remember how many authors that they said are going to be starting this thing but Mm -hmm. it's like at least like four or five i think yeah and uh and like making sure that all of them are on the same page with everything yeah I don't know that's tough
1: yeah yeah well and it'll and it's interesting too cause you know I mean what if I don't know what if like a writer has a really great idea but Mm -hmm. like Oh, doesn't fit with the plan we had. Oh yeah, you know what I That'd mean. Be a bummer. Like- <laughs> yeah, that stink. Uh, Gosh.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm sure they had tons of meetings about it. Like, because even in that that trailer video, they showed like this big board of like kind of like that conspiracy theory thing of right. like like you know all <laughs> these ideas and like how they all interconnect and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure it was like this. Oh, it had to be a pain to be in those meetings sometimes. Oh, I'm sure, sure. trying yeah. to make all that stuff work and yeah. have all these like. Really creative people having all these ideas and then some getting uh. Oh. Sorry, I was trying to save you from West Nile. Thanks. I don't know where it is. It's been so warm here lately, all the bugs are coming back out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but yeah, so anyway, I, I I think it's gonna be a cool thing. Do you think you'll read any of the stuff when it comes out?
1: I don't know. Uh, yeah? I think that I'll probably I I'll see I think that I'll probably wait for it to come out. Yeah. And then I don't know. See what
0: reviews or whatever are. Yeah. Because it's yeah. really funny because I was thinking I was thinking the same thing. Because I was just like, okay, I'm excited about this. I think it's really cool and I'm excited to see what these stories are. Don't know if I'll read it.
1: We're talking about all yeah. this and so we're like, nah, I'm not going <laughs> to <Yeah>, read it. <laughs> <yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's true. I'll that, watch like, a recap video. Yeah. yeah I, maybe so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. <clears throat> oh, man. That's funny. Gosh. Uh, any other thoughts on on Star Wars or uh, or that the High Order? Wait, is that what it's called?
1: Yes, oh. High Republic. The High Republic. High there Republic. We go. Yeah. Um, I uh, I don't guess so. It uh, are there? Uh, are those? What are those? What are we looking at? Right oh
0: yeah. Now? Okay. So I have pulled up the the ones that are already um, like uh confirmed so like titles. to be coming out so they have titles okay all right let's hear uh, some
1: of these titles
0: so we have star wars the high republic light of the jedi uh which is by a man named charles soul i'm imagining that's how you pronounce his name okay. uh, and that's going to be an adult novel then you have star wars the high republic into the dark by claudia gray which is a young adult novel uh, Star Wars The High Republic A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland which is a middle grade novel I don't mm. like okay so is a middle grade lower than
1: a young adult
0: like, in like my middle mind, school
1: yeah in my mind it's like yeah like a middle school and then young adult is like high school got it maybe college and then adult is like college and up
0: right okay cool in my
1: mind at least I don't know what the rules are there
0: yeah alright then you have Star Wars The High Republic Adventures by Daniel Jose Older a comic book series from IDW. Don't know what IDW is. Hmm. Um, and then Star Wars, The High Republic by Kevin Scott, uh, which is a comic book series from Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Okay. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, a little indie studio. Yeah, um, but Maybe we uh... can do a crossover.
1: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I think it would be neat, which I don't think it's far enough back. I would be interested in, like, hearing about maybe more of, like, the Old Republic. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. or or maybe even further back than that, like, mm-hmm. the beginnings of the Jedi. Like, a very the inception very inception of them. Right. The beginnings of the Sith. The beginnings of the... Right. Like, I think that would be a really neat story to That
0: tell. would be cool, man. I, I honestly, I hope that that is... So, I either hope that it's set in the era of the Old Republic... Um. Or I hope it's like that. Like I hope it's the beginnings.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's in it's. I see. I think why they chose what they chose, like as far as timeline, mm-hmm. because it's like sort of in the middle where they could just like make it up. Right. Like they're like it yeah. could be anything. Like, right. There's no right. expectation. We can create from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, I'm like, it's just an odd time, like.
0: Yeah. Why like, two hundred years? Why not like right. four hundred or something like yeah. that?
1: Or or like why not go all the way back to oh, the back? Oh yeah, bank yeah. Right. Or or like some other. I don't know. I don't know. I see both sides of it. I suppose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm excited to either read them or watch summary videos of them, the of them on <laughs> YouTube, or read the backs <laughs> of them and just imagine because that's okay. That's my thing too. Is that like with the. With the old novels, like my imagination just went crazy with them. Like uh-huh. I never read a single one, but like I read about them and like about the characters and stuff and uh-huh. it it was just like awesome and like really cool to like think about all these different characters and stuff. Uh, and so I feel like I'll probably that's what it'll be for with that because I think if I read it, I don't know. I feel like my expectations may be a little too high. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe you need to tone
1: down your fanboyness. I,
0: I think I do. I think I really do. Yeah, I'll work on that. Okay. I'll pray about it. Me too.
1: All right. Any other thoughts? Any other parting thoughts? No. I I mean, I, I feel like we've covered that pretty well. I I'm think so, excited too. excited about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It'll be good, I think. And if not, then, you know, just blame Disney again, I guess. Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> I feel like there's not a whole lot uh, A whole lot else going on in the nerd world.
0: No? You don't I think? feel
1: like, I, well, at least nothing that I have my finger on the pulse of oh yeah
0: you know yeah well i guess when it comes to like that kind of pop culture stuff no the only other thing that i can think of is like i know that like in the video game world like uh like new consoles are coming out this year so oh, that's right. so that's something interesting yeah. yeah i
1: haven't had a new video game console since the nintendo 64 oh wow. i got it new for christmas that's a good one to end on it was the best man yeah yeah, yeah.
0: With its little three-prong controller, little Trident controller. So good. I think it was amazing. We
1: had no idea how to hold
0: it. Oh, no, I didn't either. I didn't either. Yeah. But it was great either mm-hmm. way. I remember, uh, so I, have a, I had a friend who lived in my street. His name is Jordan Isbell. Shout out to Jordan Isbell. And uh, like every now and then his mom like wouldn't let him come in my house because like she just liked to be able to like see him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she just wanted to be outside. So... Uh, like, uh, my mom used to work Mary Kay. And so when she went to her, like her meetings at night, uh, like Jordan would come over and like hang out at my house, but like kind of like in the front yard and, and like sit on the porch and we'd like talk or play Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but eventually I got like a small little TV for like Christmas or something like that. Just, you know, one of those like old tube ones. Right. And we like rolled it out to like nearly to the front porch, basically like on the front porch. Uh-huh. And then he would like sit as close as he possibly could without being inside of my house <laughs> look at the TV through my door my glass storm door and we would play like Super Smash Brothers that together and stuff so it was awesome oh it was so good oh man yeah. I uh,
1: I'll never forget one more story about the Nintendo 64 so I, I think the first game I had I got was uh, Mario Kart oh yeah and that was of course a classic yeah um but uh but then I uh I went to school, and it was around Halloween time, and this was like elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I go, and there's this kid in my class. I can't remember what his last His first name was Josh, but I can't remember what his last name was. And he came to school dressed in this tuxedo. Whoa. And I was like, whoa, who are you? And he was like, I'm James Bond. <laughs> and I was like, who's James Bond? Yeah. I didn't know who James Bond was. You know, I mean, as this tiny little kid. Right. Well, then I come home. And, uh, and I was like, hey, uh, let you know, hey, mom, can I go rent a game? And of course, we go by the rental place when that was still a thing. Yeah. And I see this video game oh, yeah. James Bond 007 Goldeneye, Goldeneye. And I was like, what a coincidence! I, yeah. have, to, I have to rent this game. And then, and then I was introduced to Goldeneye, and it was the best,
0: man. Oh, man. That game is so much fun. Well, actually, it was so much fun. I tried to play it again, like, in college. <laughs> the graphics and so bad. Not even the graphics, man. It was, like, the, the controls. Like, oh, it, really? I had no idea what in the world to do because, like, you only have, like, one stick. Uh, and then you oh, had to, right. like, use... Right.
1: Because we get so used to using the double, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was the hardest thing to like go back and play that game, but yeah, I <laughs> mean, I have so many good memories with that game too. Yeah, man. Man, what a weird kid that you had in your school dressed in a tuxedo. It first. was so weird. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Oh, that's amazing.
1: Thanks to Josh.
0: All right, let's uh, let's move on. Um, can we have a Can we have some bumper music by any chance? Um, Should we like the duck music? Oh, is that the, the bumper Doug music? music? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Doug music. Yeah.
1: Wait, what Doug music?
0: The the Doug music that you had from before. You know what I'm talking about? Doug and Patty mayonnaise. Oh, and... the Doug music. Yeah.
1: I thought I I okay. First, I thought you said duck. Oh, the duck. <laughs> and and then second, I thought yeah. you said dove. And then and oh, I was really gotcha. confused. The, no, Doug, yo, good. Yeah, Doug good.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. All right. Moving into the new segment of the Nerdy Apologist podcast, uh, we started basically a book club, and it. The, it is a book called "Confronting Christianity" by Rebecca McLaughlin. I don't really know. It's
1: to... it's McLaughlin. Okay,
0: <laughs> is it really? No, I don't no, think so. I, I think you were right oh, okay. Uh, mm. Good, <laughs> but it's, it's spelled M- McLaughlin. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. Okay, because <laughs> I would have believed you a hundred percent. All right, yeah, so Rebecca McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Oh, man. Who knows now? By Miss Rebecca. And uh, Rebecca, is a, she holds a Ph.D. in Renaissance Literature from Cambridge University and a theology degree from Oak Hill College. Uh, and uh, so she does a lot of public speaking and stuff now and, uh, and some apologetic articles and obviously this new apologetic book. Yeah. Um, There's a podcast uh,
1: that she spoke on. Um, I, I'm not sure when. I'm sure you could Google her name and Google podcast and find it. Uh-huh. Um, but it was about a 30-minute talk that she gave, mm-hmm. at, I think, at a church um, mm-hmm. as like a guest speaker. And... And it was really good. Oh, it, made awesome. me re- uh, uh, yeah. it made me a lot more excited to read the book.
0: Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you guys should go check it out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, this book, I think I already said what it's called, Confronting Christianity. But it, it really tackles um, specifically 12 hard questions uh, that confront the world's largest religion, which is Christianity. And so we're just kind of going through chapter by chapter interacting with this book um, calling out the things that we like that we uh, may have some disagreements with which hasn't really happened yet um, but uh, who knows maybe it will yeah and uh, well, the, so yeah oh what were we going to say well,
1: I was going to say well the first the first chapter is aren't we better off without religion mm-hmm. and um, and anyway she makes
0: some good and points and the cliff notes is no is no yeah. and,
1: I, and I agree with that so, yeah. yeah no disagreements <laughs> All right. yet alright
0: let's move on to chapter two <laughs> Uh but uh, last podcast we we talked about like the first half of of chapter 1 is the world better off without Christianity or aren't we better off without religion rather um and uh and that was good but we're in the second half of chapter 1 starting with the benefit the sorry let me start over the benefits of seven biblical principles so if you want to le- read along with us buy this book Uh, read it week by week with us, and that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh. So, Ethan, do you want to give like a little rundown about like these seven basic principles, or at least uh, kind of like a preamble to it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So, uh, what she says, um, sort of as as she is introducing these seven biblical principles, um, is uh, uh, essentially, uh, she she has these so. She calls them counterintuitive um, because uh, often, you know, they, they come, um, it, you know, it, it's things like generosity and things like forgiveness um, and things like contentment, um, which, you know, are, are, can very much be counterintuitive to our culture. Mm. Um, and so um, she essentially says, um, you know, I, I want to explore seven counterintuitive biblical commands and how they relate to the findings of modern psychology um, which we talked about a little bit last week um, about how she really approaches this idea uh, or this question of, of uh, aren't we better off without religion um, from a modern psychology perspective yeah. um, and then backs it up with Christianity, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, she does make it a point to say that this is not an exhaustive list mm-hmm. and... Um, and that um, you know, she says, I'm, "I make no claim that Christianity holds a monopoly on these principles." Or, and I thought this part was interesting. Um, and she says, "Or um, that a positive effect on health and happiness is the litmus test for truth." Essentially, saying um, just because just because something is, is good for your health mm-hmm. or, um, or or makes you happy doesn't make doesn't mean that it's that it's truth, right? Um, yeah. uh, objectively. And so, you know, I thought that was good as well. Um, and so, um, some of these, uh, the principles, I'll just kind of read them off. Um, so the first one that she um, tackles is generosity. Um, the uh, actually make sure I counted these up right. I might not. You count along with me, Michael, to make sure that I'm. So that's one. One generosity. Um, the next one is um, essentially. Um, the idea that love of money is not a good thing. Um, yeah. So that would be two. Two. Um, uh, the next one uh, she points out is um, um, working um, for the sake of, um, not of yourself, but of finding a, a deeper purpose in, in whatever you do as work. Hmm. Um, and uh, so that would be three. And then um, the next one is contentment, which would be four, um, gratitude which is five um, self-control and perseverance um, which would be six and then uh,
0: forgiveness I missed forgiveness forgiveness Where? Oh, there it is. Do, you know, do you know what I'm talking about do you know what, do what song think? that is
1: no I don't think
0: forgiveness I don't know what it's the only on. part of the song I right know so oh, it's really right. Right? there's like a, a song in Lion King 2 that uh...
1: oh, Lion King 2 yeah man, that's a deep cut yeah man I yeah no I'm not a moving on. Too. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so um, she essentially talks about each one of these topics and um, and how how from a from the perspective of modern psychology, mm-hmm. not from the perspective of Christianity, mm-hmm. but from the perspective of modern psychology, these things are good for you, right? And these things are are these things. Are for man's betterment in general, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just using not Christianity but using um, like um, all these different studies and stuff. Um, right. A lot of these non-Christian uh, sociologists and stuff have found have found that these things are good for people. Um, right. And then at the end, she, she essentially you know makes the point that exactly you know yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. the the question of aren't we better off without religion. Um, well, no, not necessarily because right. Christian. You know all of these things that she lists out, and like she says, this isn't an exhaustive list, but she chooses t- seven that are part of the the foundation of a Christian life. Mm-hmm. And if 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 you're doing these things, um, then you, you're actually better off with religion, you yeah, know, right, and, and with Christianity specifically, right. Um, and so, anyways,
0: yeah, I think the. I think what you said or like what she said about like this isn't a litmus test for Christianity being true is really good. And that's that's definitely something that you have to remember going into this chapter, um, because I think it could easily kind of start. Well, I guess there are some points where it goes against the health and wealth thing, but I could understand if you go into this uh, this particular chapter. Chapter, this opening to the book, really, that you'll be like, oh, well, she's just kind of pushing this health and wealth thing. Like you'll be happier if you're doing Christianity, and that's, uh, um, and that's all she's trying to say. And that's not what she's saying at all. Right? Um, she's she's answering a very specific question that comes from a lot of atheists and agnostics, which is, you know, would the world be better off without religion? She's answering that specific question, and it's really important to remember. Remember that as as you're going into this particular chapter because I think um, uh, if you go into it with the wrong pretext, then you could be like, well, okay, all this is great, but it doesn't prove that God is real. And that's true because that's not the aim of this particular chapter. And right. I think that remembering that and making sure that you really <laughs> make sure that you have your eyes uh, I guess, ready to make sure that you read those particular, uh, I guess, what do they call them? Um, caveats, I guess. Or not caveat, right. but you know what I mean. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah. Um, disclaimer before the chapter and even after uh, she's done with her main points mm-hmm. is is really important. Uh, but I think that she answers this question in a really good way. And we talked about last week how we thought that she was actually going to approach this question in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Or at least I did. I thought that she would be taking an approach that is more along the lines of what has Christianity done for humanity throughout the ages, um, you know, with different things like, uh, um, uh, I guess the first one that comes to mind is uh, the the sanctity of the individual, you know, being made in the image of God, which led to, you know, like the freedom of slaves and all those different kinds of things. Right. Um, but I think this is a really interesting and cool way to put it, and one that I think is... Um, is super important. So let's go through each of these principles and talk about what uh, Rebecca McCohan, uh has to say <laughs> about each one and some of the, our our thoughts and uh, and some of our uh, I guess studies on it as well. So, like you said, the first one is giving, and it's really cool mm-hmm. that she um, she really grounds each principle in in scripture too, yeah. and then uh, specifically, typically like one or two verses, but still she grounds it in the bible and that's really important so the one that she does for this one is uh it is more blessed to give than to receive uh from acts 20 35 and uh it's 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 really a cool point because um i think that there is often this uh this narrative that gets kind of thrown around, even by I think especially by younger Christians, that the majority of churches are hypocritical, or right. the majority majority of people um, in that go to American churches or Western churches uh, specifically are uh, just full of hypocrites who talk the talk but don't walk the walk, and I think that. I can kind of fall into that too sometimes where I'm just like, I'm just lament the church in America all the time. Right. And I don't recognize the good um, that God works in the American church. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really bad place to be. And I think this, this particular point helped me kind of refocus or maybe kind of like readjust my heart towards the American church. Uh, sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Often I, I feel like just because of maybe the things that we're immediately surrounded by, you mm-hmm. know, um we we can sort of make some assumptions about um kind of the bigger picture um mm-hmm. based on that. Um, um that may or may not always be true. Um yeah. and I thought it was interesting that um you know she she says <clears throat> many non religious people are passionately engaged in serving and giving while many Christians live self-centered lives, and then she goes on to say, but as, uh, as atheist uh, social psychologist Jonathan Haidt observes, I assume I said his name correctly, yeah. <clears throat> um, and then this is a quote from uh, this guy, Jonathan Haidt, uh, surveys have long shown that religious believers in, in the United States are happier, healthier, longer lived, and more generous to charity and to each other than are secular people. Religious believers give more money than secular folk to secular charities and to their neighbors. They give more of their time to and of their blood. Um, And that's really interesting for someone who's not a believer. uh, It's an interesting observation, um, you know, that that he made, you know. Um, And it's interesting um, because, like, uh, they, you know, the... Just the the impact that that holding on loosely to things mm-hmm. uh, does for a Christian. You know, I, I feel like from my perspective, um, you know, when when I'm not seeing the money that I have as something that I earned. Mm-hmm. But when I'm seeing the money that I have as a blessing from God, yeah. you know, that like nothing I own is my own anyway, mm-hmm. but it, it it's really all just belongs to God. Right. Then being generous is, is, is a blessing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like saying, um, and, and we made this reference on Sunday night. Um, so I'm sorry to repeat myself, but okay. the, uh, but the idea of like, we're all just beggars looking for a, a bite to you know, right. crumb yeah. and you know, in, in the, in the, I, and we, I use this in the setting of, of having salvation the other night, but, mm. but you can sort of apply this to it in, in a different way to, you know, it, you know, if you are blessed enough to have a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Material things, yeah. Um, you know, being able to see that as a blessing and not things that you own, mm-hmm. and and to see that as like this is food that God has given me that I can now share with others, right? You know, right? Um, yeah. and uh, and that's that's really cool, you know. <laughs> right.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and and I think that uh, and it's important to remember these things because again, I think that like uh, especially, in, and and I've, I've found this to be true in a lot of younger Christians like our age. So like, you know, maybe like, you know, 33 and lower 35 and and younger. And especially in uh, the generation after ours, um, where there's this, just this lambasting of the American church, which Mm -hmm. some of it's warranted. uh, But I also think it's, it's also young, excited people who are excited to change the world, not recognizing the good that, the church is actually still doing right, right now. Right, right. Um, we don't want to
1: be, you know, people who are just patting ourselves on the back. You know? Right. I mean, that's not what you're saying. Right. Um, but, but we right. do want Sometimes to be able can... to
0: say like, we, we do want to be able to answer the charge that Christians uh, are like, you know, just this particular question that the world would be better off without religion. Right. It's like, well, that's not true, you know, because exactly. Christianity um, and, and specifically Christianity in uh, in this country is, is actually doing more for charitable work and for, uh, for helping society than, than non-religious uh, uh, groups and people. Mm-hmm. And that's an important point because it is an outworking of, uh, of Christ in people. And that's something that we don't want to just throw away. And there's this guy named Dr. Rodney Stark who has this book called How Religious Beliefs Benefit Everyone, Even Atheists, which macks up everything that um, that the atheist Jonathan Haidt said uh, on Christians um, giving more to charities, including giving more to secular charities. And mm. I found that really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and not only that, like, here's, a, I mean, another one is the World Health Organization reports that 40% of healthcare in sub-Saharan Africa is given by faith-based groups. Mm. Uh, and and just like that list could just kind of keep going on. Right. Um, and and yeah, I think... I mean,
1: think about, think about sort of on the flip side, if mm-hmm. if you just erased all of that from existence. You right, know, what like, would it look like? Yeah, you know, if like? Thanos snapped his fingers yeah. and... Yeah. Yeah, all of those 40%, all of that faith-based stuff mm-hmm. was just gone. Right. What yeah. difference would there be? It would be a pretty big difference. You Absolutely, know? Yeah. right.
0: And well, then you have a lot of this, like the secular humanist movement, who wants to have all of the morals and the moral outworking of Christianity, but without all of the religious baggage that goes along with it. And then they think that those morals can just spontaneously erupt out of the ether, uh, because it's just uh, encoded in our DNA, and that's just—it's just not true. Yeah. And you—you you see like this the from these is true, yeah. right, yeah. You see that from these particular uh, uh, from these particular studies, because if it were true, then you would see. Uh, people who are more secular either giving just as much as Christians or or giving more and that's just that's not what you see that's not what the data uh, what the data shows mm-hmm. um, going along with this I wanted to also um, not shift gears a little bit but in in the realm of uh, I guess uh, charitable giving and then also along the, the realm of the argument of Christians talking the talk but not walking the walk Mm -hmm. um there's there's often this uh argument that's raised when speaking with people uh, on the other side of the abortion debate uh that christians don't care about uh the babies or they don't care about the child after it's born Mm -hmm. and so you have this uh this this narrative that gets pushed or or often this like um i guess this hail mary throw at the end once you've kind of Shown the the illogicalness of abortion and mm-hmm. how it doesn't hold up to any sort of um, any sort of moral standard whatsoever. That there's this argument that goes out there. Well, if you cared so much about abortion, you would care just as much about the baby after it was born than you do about right. the baby when it's born. Right, and adoption
1: and foster care and all of that. Right. right,
0: and and for one, that's that's a fallacious argument in a lot of different ways, um, because well, one, I mean you know christians would also argue that uh you know abortion is wrong and the mother should be supported to raise her own child uh and so you know that's one thing uh and then not only that but um it's it's wrong in the sense that christians don't care about the baby after it's born uh because according to the heritage foundation since 2010 uh, giving to charitable causes by all americans raised by 30 Mm percent and in the same time frame Giving to Christian Adoption Ministries rose by 81%. 81%? By 81%. And charity given to Orphan Care Ministries rose by 90%.
1: Holy moly. Uh,
0: And so not only that, but Pew Research shows that 65% of non-kin foster parents, so like not related foster parents, Mm -hmm. uh, attend some sort of religious service regularly. Uh, and there are 2,700 pregnancy resource centers in America to the 1,700 abortion clinics. Yeah. And so it is just a false narrative, completely mm-hmm. false narrative that, uh, that Christians don't care about the baby after they're born or that abortion is just some sort of political platform uh, mm. for Christians. It, that The data does not show that whatsoever. All the research points to, no, the, the Christian... Is the, we're called to care for orphans, right? And yeah. so that's that's something that uh, that Christians do take seriously, and the numbers show that, and that's that's encouraging for me. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that's encouraging for anybody who is uh, is having conversations with people on the other side of the abortion debate. Um, yeah, I I want to talk again about that. Uh, that question like do you think that there are times when we are too hard on the church like have you noticed that in in your own life or are you fairly like uh y-
1: y- yes and no yeah um i mean i feel like i feel like it's all situational um mm-hmm. i mean yes and in in some i i feel like it depends on how you look at it you know mm-hmm. um like in one sense is there always room for betterment and mm-hmm. improvement? Yes. Right. You know, um, in another sense, um, you know, is it, you know, is it okay to just ignore the things that have taken place? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mean, we need to pay attention to the things that, um, uh, you know, I mean, what the data shows I and mean, what we just talked about, you know. Right. I mean, that, that should be out, out there. But, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, you know, I mean, it's, it's just like on the news when you watch, I mean, you watch every day, like Mm -hmm. the negative, the negative stuff gets more views. Right. Like they don't talk about all the positive stuff because no one would watch the news. Right. You know? Um, and so, um, I feel like what gets people talking is the negative side of things. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's what just, Gets ruminated on and gets mm-hmm. put out there so much. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think taking, I think taking the time to recognize like the objective truths of like, okay, well, no, like the world isn't better. The world is better off with religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and specifically Christianity and right. like, and here are the ways that it has improved and mm-hmm. here are the ways that these are all the good things, you know? Right. Um, that being said, nothing's perfect. And right. No one is perfect. And yeah, and yeah, like I say, there's always room for improvement. We're all sinful people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and like, you know, our need for God's grace is ever present. You right. Know? Um, yeah. And, uh, and so, like I say, I, I I see both sides of it, you know. Sure. And I think it's all, I think it's all, um, think it's all uh, situational, you know. Mm. I mean, it, it depends on what you're talking about.
0: You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, I got away from the mic. For sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we just, like you said, spent a lot of time uh, on that particular point.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was good, though.
0: Uh, yeah, I I think so too. Yeah, uh, but we may need to bug it through the rest.
1: Well, the next point really sort of just piggybacks on the back of this. Yeah, that's true. You know, like uh, the love of money. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so the next point essentially is um, the love of money disappoints, and what she says, um, and and I'll let I'll let you talk about the um, the scriptural reference, but yep. um, it's interesting. She says in two thousand in, in the sixteen in the 20, 2000, Oh, my goodness. In the... You the like word vomit coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm just going to stop this. <laughs> So what she says is, in the 2016 survey, the American freshman, 82.3% of freshmen checked becoming very well off financially as an essential or very important life objective, um, uh, which... She says, uh, represents an increase of nearly 10% in the last uh, decade, uh, and has overtaken raising a family uh, as a top priority. Uh, And so, like, um, it's like more and more of our people our age and like young younger people um, Mm -hmm. are are really just more interested, um, more so than raising a family in um, in just making making money.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Um,
1: which is uh like I get it. I'm you know, I I understand the thought there, but mm-hmm. like I feel like at this point I've lived long enough to see how that doesn't work out.
0: Yeah. Know? Absolutely. Yeah, and the scripture reference that uh that she uses uh well she uses two, um uh well I guess technically four, but uh uh, three of them are basically the same thing where, where it's talking about where Jesus is saying that it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, that comes from Matthew 19, 23 through 24, Mark 10, 25, Luke 18, 24 through 25. And then she also cites the apostle Paul called the love of money, a root of all kinds of evil. And that's from first Timothy six ten. um, and, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely true, um, and especially, I mean, she, she says in the beginning of, of this particular point uh, where she, uh, uh, she says that for those of us raised on a steady diet of capitalism, the Bible's critique on wealth is tough to swallow. And, uh, and as much of a defender of capitalism a- as I am in the sense that I believe it's the best economic system uh, devised by fallen people in a fallen world, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it is difficult because, I mean, it, <laughs> honestly, capitalism has allowed us to live in almost – I guess at a, at a world's level, almost mm-hmm. – Virtually no one is considered poor uh, in right. on a world stage, right? Um, and and that has caused us to be able to focus on actually having material wealth more readily readily available to us than at any other time in any other country. Yeah. And and while that has done a lot of good things, uh, it's also made it harder. Like uh, like. Like you're talking about for us to, and like Jesus talks about, for us to focus on things that actually matter. Yeah. And yeah. I was listening to, uh, have you ever heard of Dennis Prager by any chance? Yeah. Okay, so I was listening to his fireside chat the other day. And Dennis Prager is, uh, is actually a, a Jewish man who created uh, PragerU. He was a radio host for a long time. You may have heard me talk about him before. Um, but uh, he was talking about, uh, or he was answering the question, would he consider himself successful? And he said that it very much depends on how you define success. And just like this particular passage says, you know, now people define success as having more material wealth than the next guy mm-hmm. or having a specific amount of money in your bank and all these different kinds of things. And it's no longer success being, uh, being married. Or success being uh, having close friends, or mm-hmm. success being having uh, you know, having children—that's no longer considered uh, successful. Yeah. And uh, but what I really liked is that she said, uh, "Where's it at?" Uh, She goes on to cite the World Happiness Report in 2018, which states that even though income per capita has doubled since 1972, happiness has either remained unchanged or even declined. And so even though people are more wealthy than ever before, um, especially in the context of history, uh, the happiness of everyone has gone it has either remained the exact same or gone down. Yeah. And I think that's really telling because we have just warped and twisted our view of success, even Christians. Yeah. And uh, instead of success being viewed as uh, having a family that rejoices in loving God or, or raising a son or a daughter who are or Christ-honoring, mm-hmm. uh, or success being the fact that you know you are... Following in the footsteps of Jesus and in the will of God for for what He wants you to do with your life in regards to fulfilling the Great Commission mm-hmm. in the way that He wants you to fulfill it, uh, we've we've warped that and made it only into material gain. And I I even feel that infecting my own mind and my own heart. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what about you? Because like yeah. you, you know, you are. At a different stage in life now where where like your income is going to be changing because yeah. of like, I mean, you're finishing up residency and all that kind of stuff. So like, is there a challenge there for you to like keep well, that in, well, in focus?
1: Well, I think about like, I think about just in general, you know, I feel like we as people like don't think about like the things that we like our spiritual needs. Yeah. Um. You know, like most of what we think about is these physical needs. And these needs of like, okay, I need um, to go to school or get a job or work or save money Mm -hmm. um, to get a house to like to finally get to like this comfortable financial place. And then at that point, my goal is to save enough so that I don't have to work anymore, mm-hmm. and then I will have made it, right? And I can retire. Yeah. But like by then, like I mean, three quarters of your life has gone by, mm-hmm. and and you've I mean you've sacrificed friendships, uh, family, you know, and and you've you um, you know quite often have sort of ignored any of these spiritual needs mm-hmm. and spent your whole life chasing these these physical needs, you know. Right. Um and yeah, like I, I think about that um sort of in like in my setting, like being a physician, um, you know, finishing residency and and, you know, finally getting like a real job where yeah, sure, I'll be I'll be making a lot more money, but mm-hmm. I it's it's definitely a challenge to remember Like that's not at all what it's about because Mm -hmm. because you're still left feeling empty. Right? It's like it's that stuff doesn't satisfy Mm -hmm. you know. And you think you know when when you don't have it that it will, Mm -hmm. but then when you do have it, it doesn't. You Mm -hmm. know Uh, what satisfies is is first and foremost like Christ, like that relationship. Um, But then like you know in my mind. In my mind, you know, the a man, a rich man is someone who who has family and who has friends mm. and who who has relationships and who has um, spent their life investing in relationships mm-hmm. and and building into people and and you know those are the people who. Who, yeah, they they might not have any money, um, right? But you see, four and five hundred people go to their funeral, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, and 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 it shows, like, like that's a rich man, you know, yeah, not someone yeah. with a lot of money, um, and so yeah. Anyways, I know that was kind of a long. Span, no, no, no. But no.
0: That like, I mean, it's so and, true, man. Because like, I mean, that honestly takes me back to uh, I used to work at this summer camp, and, uh-huh. uh, and it was a Christian summer camp, and the director of it. Uh, and he and his wife, like, I mean, they, they didn't make a lot of money. They were directors of a summer camp. Yeah. And they lived on a, or in a small little house that was on the property of the camp. And uh, the, the husband died, a guy named Lloyd. Um, and at his funeral, man, there had to have been, oh man, at the very least, a thousand people there. Because wow. this was, a, it was a church in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, And, uh, this church is, it's a mega church Uh and, uh, it seats probably, you know, probably roughly like a thousand people or maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and it has multiple services, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, that place was jam packed at his funeral. Wow. And I mean, like there was only like standing room only. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I mean, just like you said, like, yeah, that was a rich man uh, because he served God with everything that he had. And, and like you said, invested in relationships, and even though he wasn't successful in the eyes of uh, of you know the rest of America in terms of of finances, like man, I wouldn't if I were him, I wouldn't trade that for all the money in the world because it goes back to that cliche. I mean, you can't take it with you, yeah, uh, yeah. But what you can take are are the friendships uh, that. Will remain in heaven, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, and it
1: is hard because, like, I feel it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I see other physicians and the vehicles that they drive, or, mm-hmm. or like the furniture in their house, yeah. or, or just their house in general, right? Or you know, little things like you know they pay someone to come and mow their yard and that, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad, mm-hmm. um, but I, I definitely. There's this desire to like, to, to want, to want more, you mm-hmm. know, and, and to, to see what others have yeah. and to want that for yourself. Right. And, and like I say, th- those things aren't, aren't bad things in and of themselves, you know? Right. I mean, it, if you can afford to pay someone to mow your yard so that you can spend more time investing in people. Yeah. Great. You right. know, I mean, that's not a, there's, you know, I don't want it to sound like I'm just bashing on people who have nice things. Sure. Um, but what I I guess the point that I'm making is that I I feel it. Like I feel that pull mm-hmm. to just want to just want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um and um and it's easy to you know, I, I I wanna learn to train myself to to want eternal things, mm-hmm. you know, to want things of the Lord. Right. Um like right. like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um anyways
0: um no absolutely yeah
1: like and and so moving on to the next one um unless you had any more points on that one
0: uh no no let's move on
1: yeah moving on to the next one uh the next one is um essentially addressing work and um Mm -hmm. um uh and the main point that she is making is that um you know uh we need meaningful work to thrive Um, right and so um what did you think about this section?
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, it's it's one that I, I mean, I've heard I've heard a lot of these before, and I've heard this one before, but I, I really liked how she put it. Uh, she is mostly kind of pulling from Colossians three twenty three through twenty four, mm-hmm. um, where it's talking about Paul is encouraging Christian slaves to uh, uh, to even in their own work, you know, as a you know as a slave or an indentured an indentured servant. Uh, to do their work, not for the person that they're actually working for, but doing it for the Lord. Uh, and, and that's how we as Christians should view our work, that it is a, uh, even the most mundane thing that we're doing uh, is a higher calling that God has us in at that moment in our life. And I think that's super important. And she, uh, she quotes this person, the University of Pennsylvania psychologist and professor Angela Duckworth. Uh, who tells her own little parable to illustrate this point? She says, Three bricklayers are asked, What are you doing? The first says, I am laying bricks. The second says, I am building a church. The third says, I am building the house of God. The first bricklayer has a job. The second has a career. And the third has a calling. Mm. And I think that is, uh, man, like it's that hits home uh, because. <laughs> I think that even doing ministry full time can sometimes just feel like a job. Yeah. And I will quickly forget that uh, that what I'm doing is like it's a calling. And and it's the same thing for everyone, whether you work as a bricklayer or whether you work as a doctor or uh, or as a teacher or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has... And in my theological view, has divinely ordained you to be in that particular spot for a reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that reason is to extend the kingdom of God uh, where you are. Yeah, And that is like the, man, that's the highest cause and the highest purpose that you could possibly have uh, as a human being. And I think that when you actually view work that way, then it... It lets you live more richly because you are living with a purpose. Yeah. Um, we talked about him before. Jordan Peterson, who's not a mm-hmm. Christian, um, he uh, he he talks about that all the time. One of the biggest uh, biggest problems with young men in uh, Western countries today is this uh, this feeling of lack of purpose that causes them to stay at home. It causes them to prolong adolescence uh, all the way up into their 30s yeah uh and that that lack of feeling of purpose it just eats away at you and so if you're just going to work just to do nothing but get a little bit of money at the end of the day then man life is going to be really sad for you mm-hmm. and uh and and i think that she she makes that point very well in this uh in this little section
1: yeah yeah i uh i i kind of take it as um sort of taking it back to what i mentioned earlier of Mm -hmm. of um making it about people Mm -hmm. um you know um towards the end of the of the little section she talks about uh one study that observed like janitors cleaning up in a hospital Mm -hmm. and it was like the janitors that 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 saw themselves as part of the, the care team yeah, of like, right. I'm, I'm helping take care of this patient by yeah. cleaning up their vomit or whatever. Um, we're much more fulfilled than the ones who just saw it as like just another job. Right. Um, and, uh, and it's true. Like, you know, thinking about that, uh, you know, again, it's, it's about, it's about serving and mm. it's about people, you know, it's about mm. relationships. Um, that's, that's just something else that I thought about of, you know, that whatever we do, um, you know, it, it's, I mean, any and every job is a service to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, and, and thinking about it like that, it, you know, it is a, you know, it's a calling, you know, because mm-hmm. we're serving others. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's such a good way to like, I like how you put that a lot. Like it's whatever you're doing, your main goal is to serve somebody else. And, and like one of the things, cause uh, when we go up to Vermont, you know, I'm, my main focus there is going to be church planting. Mm-hmm. But then I plan on working a part-time job and and viewing whatever job that is as like first trying to even like if it's something like you know uh, sorting boxes at UPS or whatever, mm-hmm. like I could go there, go into robot mode, and just do the job. Right. But if I viewed my real job there as taking care of my coworkers and making sure that they are okay spiritually and by by making sure that they 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 know christ then that changes everything right and uh and it gives way more purpose to the job so yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah. all right should we move on yeah let's do it um the next is we can really be happy in all circumstances really uh i think so i think so well at least we if we're not dumb, yeah. I guess. Sometimes I'm dumb. I'm very dumb <laughs> all the time. So I'm never happy. Uh, so here she cites Philippians four twelve through 13, um, which says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Philippians four twelve through thirteen. This is often one of the ones that people always try to put on mm. their like sports shoes. Yeah, but that and, doesn't mean that I can like score a touchdown every play. Well, it means that too, oh, okay. actually. And, okay. uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so this one is very counterintuitive to just our sinful and 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 fallen minds. Uh, that even in the midst of adversity and trials and pain we can find comfort and joy in Christ and not only that but we're actually called to be joyful mm-hmm. in the suffering and the pain because we know that we're suffering in Christ's suffering
1: yeah yeah one well, I thought I think that it's interesting too because um, you know again she she comes she comes at it with a from like a modern psychology perspective and uh, And she says that uh, modern psychology suggests that we have a highly developed ability to synthesize happiness. Mm. Um, And I know even just from some of my studies, I'm studying for board exams right now. And on a lot of the practice questions, it's family medicine, you know, so you deal with almost everything. Yeah. But uh, in in a lot of the practice questions, if cognitive behavioral therapy is an Mm. answer, it's always right. Because it works for everything, right? Or, or at least it at least helps, yeah. with everything, right? Um, and so, um, it's uh, it, it's very interesting that you know for for depression, um, you know, sure, medicines work well, the data shows that, and counseling uh, and cognitive behavioral therapy works well, mm-hmm. the data shows that, but what works what works the best is both of those things together, right? And um, and it's interesting because. Um, you you just see that uh, that it is possible, you know that, that we can sort of sort of. Um, there's so much more to our minds mm-hmm. that that isn't just from outside, mm-hmm. isn't just from these outside forces acting upon us. Um, there there's a lot that we can take control of, mm-hmm. um, and and sort of and in in the setting of Christianity sort of give those things to God, you know, and yeah. lay those things down at the cross, and um, and it's just really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting that she says, uh, um, uh, hold on, let me find it. And She says, Harvard psychology professor yeah. Daniel Gilbert calls this our, quote, psychological immune system. To illustrate the point, he quotes the 17th century polymath Thomas Brown, um, and, quote, I am the happiest man alive, I have that in me that can convert poverty to riches, adversity to prosperity. I am more invulnerable than Achilles. Fortune hath not one place to hit me. Um, and he says, uh, this, this uh, Harvard uh, psychology professor says, um, you know, what kind of remarkable machinery does this guy have in his head? Um, and this, this Harvard professor, who is a self-declared atheist, um, he 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 leaves out the part <laughs> that uh, this uh, Thomas Brown guy um, that he is uh, drawing—he was drawing on his Christian faith. Uh, to, yeah. to immunize him against suffering, right? Um, and so, anyways, it's just very funny. Yeah, um, that. Well, he does it again.
0: Like right. he does that with more this guy <laughs> named Maurice Bickman, uh, an African American man who was dubiously convicted of murdering two white police officers and spent 37 years in prison. On his release, Bickman declared, "I don't have one minute's regret. It was a glorious experience." Again, Gilbert does not mention. Bickham was sustained by his Christian faith, or that he thanked God for the injury he suffered prior to his imprisonment. Right. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like God gives us this, this,
1: like, he calls machinery in our head. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which is faith. Yeah. Like, um, absolutely, man. And it's, uh, and and then it's also interesting um, that she, even towards the end, she touches on, um, on some other, like she says, Buddhism devotes much attention to helping people maintain internal peace, mm-hmm. um, and um, Judaism and, and uh, Islam does some similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, again, addressing the question of "aren't we better off without religion?" Yeah, oh no, yeah. right, exactly, yeah. But um, I think
0: the the most amazing thing though about Christianity and, and uh, when it, it versus you know other religions like Buddhism is that it actually has legs to stand on. So with Buddhism. Right. They don't really have a reason to have internal peace. There's no like, uh, there's no foundation for that peace to, to be right. Like, what's your motivation on. there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, because for them, you know, all suffering is just an illusion anyway, and so like nothing really matters in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what's uh, what I think it, it's, it's so good for us. Is that like we we just have a vastly different eschatology than anyone else than yeah. any other religion, um, and uh, uh, and not not only that but like okay so one of the reasons why we can have that sustained uh, feeling of of joy uh, is is that we know that uh, that I mean one that when we die all the pain and suffering that we've experienced will ultimately be absolutely worth it. Uh, and then, uh, two, like, I mean, like, I mean, we have a savior who like, he's coming back, man. And like that is such an amazing thing. And that, uh, and that he's alive and that, um, you know, just as, you know, revelation says like, you know, every tear will be wiped from our eye. And so the, all this pain and suffering that we do experience, it's a temporary reality that, that's eventually going to be uh, solved and fixed, and that is a, a huge thing. So, mm-hmm. like our our eschatologies from or our, or our view of the end end of things is just different than everyone else's, and that is what you know what gives us hope. Right, right, and and it's uh, I don't know, it's it's it's
1: neat, just that idea of contentment, you know, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of finding, you know, bring it back to like what Paul said, like whether I'm hungry or whether I have plenty to eat or whether I'm wealthy or poor, like Mm -hmm. my contentment is, is Christ. Right. Like, uh, it's just, it's just good stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, the, the next three I like, I I thought were again, really good principles. Um, I didn't really have as much to say about those as, uh, as, as the other ones, but the next is gratitude Mm. is good for us. Uh, she cites First Thessalonians five sixteen, where it says, "Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances." Um, and uh, basically, you know, in this passage, Paul is saying, for like everything, every single thing that you're going through, give thanks for God for for putting you in that situation. It's yeah. it's kind of similar to uh, to the last one, um, but she she makes sure to to note that you know, Paul's not just giving this idealistic view of life that's impossible but he's and he's not just saying it from this this uh area of personal comfort himself but he's saying this despite all of the hardships and pains that he himself has experienced Mm -hmm. and that gives more weight to what he's saying right uh, because there are times where I'm just like I can't be grateful for what I've experienced or anything like that or what I'm going through right now yep. uh, because this is really like hard and difficult and yep. life. So there's no way. And I'm just like, well, I didn't experience like even one one hundredth of what Paul experienced in his lifetime, and yet he could be grateful and uh, and have that gratitude for for every circumstance okay then i'm just i'm a a big old baby yeah yeah no that's exactly
1: it it's uh it's it's convicting Mm -hmm. um uh, but yeah no i agree it's interesting um and she says that um this psychology professor robert emmons calls gratitude the forgotten factor in happiness research and he just talks about how um you know some research showed that um people who keep who kept um, gratitude journals? Yeah, um, just essentially scored much higher on um, on some of these little like happiness surveys and stuff. That's awesome. And so, yeah, um, yeah it's it's um, you know, yeah when you when you come back to answering that question of are we better off without religion? Well, well the with gratitude being a part of that, you know, no, you're better off with gratitude. You right. Know? Um, and so, uh, moving on into the uh, self-control and perseverance, um, uh, she uh, so she cites uh, a few uh, things here. So, Second uh, Peter one five through seven: um, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to your goodness, knowledge, and uh, to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection. Into mutual affection, love, um, and uh, and then um, and then in Hebrews twelve, she says, uh, she cites that as well. So mm-hmm. it's saying, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she, so it's from the psychology point of view. Um, well, I guess even from the Christian point of view, you know, the whole Christian life is this, like, uh, this endurance of these hard things for this long-term goal of mm-hmm. what's going to happen to us uh, when uh, when we die, and we get to spend the rest of uh, eternity with with Christ, or when Christ comes back and we uh, we get to spend eternity with Him. Um, but from the uh, the psychological perspective, she she quotes again from Angela Duckworth. Uh, who talks about the quality of grit, which she defines as this passion and perseverance for a long-term goal. Mm-hmm. And she said that that is actually a better indicator for long-term success than things such as intelligence, good looks, uh, health, or IQ. That's awesome. and that's I That mean, means that's, there's hope for me. There's hope for me? What are you talking about, man? You're a doctor. <laughs> so, it's just uh, because of my grit. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. And, like, I mean, it's that's, I mean, that's again going back to like the data backs up the Christian faith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lastness is uh, lastness. Sorry. Last is, it's getting kind of late. Actually, it's really not. not This is like, it feels later than (laughs) it is. This is like usually when we're starting the other podcast. (laughs) You're right. So, (laughs) all right. So, forgiveness is foundational. Um, And this one kind of hits home because we talked about this again on Sunday during our small group. Um but he, uh, he she cites Matthew 18:21 through22, which is uh, basically, oh, I got sneeze. <laughs> Sorry about that. Bless you. Oh man, my face just exploded. Uh, Ooh, there's lots of little red lines on there. Oh man. yeah, you can visibly see my sneeze
1: uh,
0: anyway. Uh, let's see here. So she cites Matthew 18, 21 through 22, where the apostles are asking Jesus how many times they should forgive, uh, forgive somebody. And they say as many as seven times. I don't really know why they said seven times, but, uh, but he said not seven times, but 77 times. And, uh, and not only that, but he also taught his followers to pray, forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And mm-hmm. so basically there is not a limit to how many times you, you should forgive someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and if
1: someone sins, four hundred and ninety one times,
0: no, I'm saying then eight hundred and ninety one times. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's there's not a limit to the yeah. amount of times that we're and it, it it what really bugs me too is that because people are fallen and like they're still we're we're all still in this process of sanctification. There's there's like a recognition that we should always forgive, but there's always this like yeah, but we'll never forget and oh, and like yeah. I get that And like that's I understand that like I mean you can forgive someone, but still. Recognize that there are consequences to that person doing that bad thing, yeah. uh, and that could either be like there's always going to be this damage to relationship between you and that person, right. or or you you just have to excommunicate that person uh, from uh, from your life because of uh, really serious circumstances. Um, then then I, yeah, I 100% get that, but it, I feel like that even that situation be should be more in the realm of, of, I don't know, just like more of a lamenting than this, like this still residual anger. Yeah. Um, and often when people say that they're thinking of somebody who probably didn't do something all that bad, but they're mm. just, I don't know. Yeah, Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Like, you absolutely. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Okay. So like when Jesus says, you know, forgive somebody, like he actually means forgive them and have a heart for them to come to Christ and for them to repent and, uh, and hopefully see them one day uh worshiping Jesus alongside you in eternity um not having this like uh this resentful like oh I'll forgive them but I'll never you know no, 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 no have right. like that kind of mentality
1: right well and I uh, I also think that you know this is an interesting sort of in the uh in the um in like our our culture now where mm. it's sort of like um uh, like like justice and, and that kind of, you know, I don't know, everyone's, right. you know, social justice and that kind of stuff. And, and that's yeah. a good thing. I don't mean for that to be negative. But um, what she notes that I thought was interesting is she says, in the New Testament, the forgiveness ethic is coupled with the command not to take revenge. Um, but this is not ultimately an abandonment of justice. Rather, it is an acknowledgment that final justice lies in the hands of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, um, yeah, it, it's that idea of, of keeping your mind set on eternal things. Right. Um, as kind of all of these things revolve around.
0: You yeah, know. yeah. I mean, um, that's the command from Romans 12, right? Yeah. That, uh, that don't take vengeance because vengeance is the Lord's. Mm-hmm yeah absolutely and it's like it man. it's so foundational to uh to the christian faith and i mean and this is getting back to like christian cliches but like again there's there's nothing someone can do to you that is worse than what we did to the infinite holy and, and almighty god yeah and so if he can forgive us then we can forgive even the most heinous person um and uh and if not, man, like you just, you keep this resentment and bitterness built up mm-hmm. in, inside of you and it, uh, it affects everything. It affects not only your relationship with that person, uh, but it reflects your, it affects your relationship with everyone around you. And, and, and most importantly, it'll reflect, uh, or sorry, not reflect, but it will affect the relationship that you have with, uh, with, with god with jesus and that's not a place where you want to be yeah yeah Uh, and
1: it's uh this i uh this reminds me of of what we talked about and actually in small group this week um Mm -hmm. and i just want to read it so it's uh romans 12 verses 9 through the end of the chapter so 21 but it says let love be genuine abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good love one another with brotherly affection Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if if possible. So as far as it depends on you, leave, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written. finish is mine, I'll repay, says the Lord. Uh, to the contrary, if you're to me as hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, and I realize that, like, again, we're all sinful people, and it's, you know, no one's ever completely doing all those things 100% all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but, but aren't we better off without religion? (laughs) Mm. No, you know, uh, like, when you read that, it's like, no, you know, and, you know, if we were all doing that, it would be, you know, it would be a different world, you know, Right, and that's the challenge is is for us as, specifically as Christians, for us to be living this way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this whole, uh, this whole podcast has been very convicting. Yeah. 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 I don't like it. Yeah, I don't either. I don't <laughs> either. Lacey and I had a big fight right before I came over here, so as you could tell, I was not in a good mood when I got here, yeah. and I'm still not in a great mood, but now anyways I'm just feeling convicted cause I'm like yeah it sin and anger like blinds you so much right you know um yeah. and when you're out of that and and talking about scripture and that kind of stuff it's like uh, no yep
0: everything just kind of melts away everything melts
1: away yeah. and like I can see clearly that I was like obviously I was doing exactly what I was angry at her for doing right and then I turned around and did the exact same thing yeah um Anyways, and pride is just so blinding. Man. That's um, hard.
0: Kayla and I, we don't fight, so we just, I don't really, I don't to, know that feeling. You'll have to teach but, you what, uh, what that's like one
1: day, because you have to, Well,
0: I, I'm... We're just five years in and dead inside. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, we're very happily married. Inside. We fight, I promise. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways, well, I, don't,
1: I don't mean for my marriage to sound terrible. It's great, but, you know, this is just timely.
0: Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end it, man. He, I, I was going to mention this, like this, the story of Bob and Mary that he ends on. Oh uh, yeah. That Jonathan Haidt, the, the atheist author, uh, who has another good book that we started going through, called yeah. "Calling the American Mind," but he he paints this picture of uh, of a guy named Bob who makes a hundred thousand dollars and is successful, athletic, good looking, um, and makes a lot of money, but he's single. And, uh, and then Mary, uh, a woman who has been married for, uh, I can't remember how many years, I don't have the book in front of me anymore, but married for like maybe let's say 40 years yeah. in her 60s and she's on dialysis and she busies herself with a variety of things at her local church. And he said that, uh, Jonathan Haidt said that you know readers of this book would probably find Bob to be more successful than Mary and almost prefer his life over Mary's, but he said, uh, "But you can bet on the fact that Mary is much happier than Bob, mm-hmm. because Mary has a family, Mary uh, has community involvement, and she has a purpose to her life where where Bob just doesn't. Yeah, um, and and no amount of money in the world could take the place of Christ in your life and and the involvement in the uh, in the local body and, and raising a family yeah. and being married. Yeah. yeah. And that's not saying that, you know, if you're single listening to this podcast, that like, that's a, that's a horrible thing in and of itself. Right. Cause I mean, even Paul, uh, you know, he says, you know, if uh, it'd be great if you could be like me, cause that way you can focus all of your time in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but on the other hand, you know, if you are an unbeliever listening to this podcast, you know, the, End all be all of life is not just to, to live and die and you know make as much money on your way out. Um the the she also has this in the end part of the chapter as well, this explanation of how we have to have something bigger in our lives to give it meaning and purpose. And the ultimate big thing in our lives that could give us meaning and purpose is uh is a God. That is loving and just and righteous mm-hmm. uh, and and ultimately forgiving and um, and and how it's only through Jesus and it's only through God uh, that we can find our ultimate purpose in life. and everything else just falls short. So I mean, for all these psychological reason reasons, no, we're not better off without religion. And for all the eternal reasons, we're not better off without Christianity. Yeah, so. Um. yeah any other parting thoughts no that's good man alright well hey guys thank you so much for listening uh, if you want to know more about the Truth for Doubt ministry you can go to truthfordoubt.com um, you can check out all of our latest interviews and podcasts and uh, some of the articles that we've written. Um, and you can actually now uh, check out our uh, kind of our, just an overview of our plans to church plant in uh, in Vermont. Yeah. So you can go to uh, truthfordoubt.com slash church planting to get a snippet. I'm still working on it. still a work in progress. But get a snippet of what our goals are for church planting and how you can... Uh, Whoa! Sorry, calm down there, man. Jeez, <laughs> uh, and uh, and learn how you can support us. Uh, if if supporting a uh, church plant and supporting us in. Uh, sharing the gospel in the least Christian state in the U.S. is something that you may feel God would want you to do. Please feel free to reach out to us. Generosity is good for you. Exactly. And the love of money is terrible. It will make you happy to give us your money. So just just kidding. But anyways, if uh, if that's something that you want to do in all seriousness or you feel God uh, calling you to do that, uh, please send us an email at truthfordoubt at gmail.com. You can also check out our patreon, which is patreon.com/t the number 4d and then check us out on Instagram where we try to keep you up to date with uh, the latest podcasts and different things that we're doing and some behind the scenes pictures and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, that's I think that I think I covered everything. Yeah man. Cool. All right. well, goodbye for now. peace.